0: All right, guys, we are here with, by far, probably one of my favorite podcasts of 2016. We are here with the guys from Red Rum Theater, and that's spelled the European way, Theatre. Uh, So, you guys, I'm really excited for you to hear this interview because we're going to talk about stories, we're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about a little known Arnold Schwarzenegger film called Commando later in the episode, and I'm just so thankful and just excited about having two of the most rowdy guys in my house that I've ever had in my basement right now to record a podcast. I got to my right, I got Tony. Say what's up, Tony. What up, Doe? And to my <laughs> left, I got Ernesto. Say what's up, man. up, everybody? What's up, everybody? <laughs>
1: And there's Jason too. Oh you yeah, know, I forgot the, the guy who does the show with you. <laughs> I mean, Alex has been really excited about this. Like, I'm usually like the taskmaster of our little our little podcasting crew. I'm always like, Alex, you do this yet, bud? You on this, bud? Did you, you work sure on that? Did you write you, your blog? Did you, did you save the
0: episode? Did you you gotta hit save on? Did that? you
1: listen to this? So I'm <sighs> like the taskmaster, but when it comes to like Red Rum Theater, Alex is like. Jason, you listened to it? Did you listen to that? Did you listen to Gremlins? Did you listen, you listen to Scrooge? To Scrooge? <laughs> Did you listen to Aliens? <laughs> all these different episodes. Like Alex is on top of me, and I've been binging on them all week. Fantastic!
2: I'm Thanks, excited man. to have That's you guys on too. We appreciate the support.
0: But anyway, so before we get into talking about movies, because I I just love storytelling and I love movies. I wanted these guys to tell their story because they have a very interesting and. Uh, very interesting story, and maybe even one day a TLC movie that can be made. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. More like oh, Lifetime, dude. dude uh,
2: I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's oddly enough, our story is story becoming more common in the world. Um, sadly to say, I guess. But we're sitting here in Flint, Michigan, right now. We're in Flint Town, Flint Town, and eight one zero. Flint is uh, <laughs> a, a city that's been known for all the wrong reasons its whole life. Yeah. I mean, well, not its whole life, but my lifetime. When we were kids in the 80s, it was Merck capital of America, yeah. um, like four out of ten years. But uh, we grew up on the east side of the city, uh, the State Streets. State Streets, right off the Flint River. When if you if you know if you hear a State Street and it's on that side of town, you know it's bad. And it's been bad. It's been bad minute. forever. So we're, it's, it's still bad. Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's real bad right now. Um, I'm about to go buy a house over there just so I can get it cheap. <laughs> <laughs> get it for what? $1,000 for a house out there. They gave me $500 to move in, for. <laughs> <pull. laughs> So we um so we grew up out in the East side, and we grew up um uh, basically, um my mom left our father when you were we were, we were born on the Gulf of Mexico, legit. on the ocean, listening to seagulls and smelling <laughs> the sweet air and everything, and well, not that we remember any of it because we' were babies, yeah, but my mom <laughs> left my dad. I was days old. 11 days old. Greyhounded. Holy cow. Greyhounded man. it oh to Michigan, gosh. to Flint from Corpus Christi, Texas. And I got pneumonia on the way. Oh, that's awful. On the bus. So I spent my first, like, however many weeks at Hurley in a stinking incubator because I almost died on the way back. Oh, my gosh. And because of that, you had help problems your whole life. I've had asthma my whole life. Um, thing, you- I mean, that's why I got out of the Marine. I was in the Marine for 10 weeks, and I got thrown out because of asthma. Cause you, yeah, you, it was horrible. But I mean, I was happy as a mug when I got out <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get in trouble all the time for laughing at them fools. But uh, ten days in, dude, t- ten weeks, ten weeks, son. Ten he weeks. almost was a marine. Like, if I would have went to the army, I would have been like, dang, I'm going to nine eleven, dude. Oh, <laughs> but um, so we, we, my mom moves to Flint because we have family up here because the auto industry. Everybody moved here before we were born because of uh, all the car plants and all the yeah, all the the work that was here and it was back when it was like happening. And then we move here because they, when a Mexican pays off a house, they ain't going nowhere ever. Ever. So I mean, it was like, we moved here and then we moved into the nasty because it was a single mom with two boys; she had to do it by herself. And so our life is a story of, I mean, we'd go to school and uh, we'd fight our way. We had no peoples. Thank God, though, we were in the same school. Yeah, I we mean, so you. Young. But we, our, we had no cousins with us. We were on our own. We didn't have a crew. And what happened in our life is, um. Our mom's been married four times, so she'd marry a guy. We'd leave the city for a season, maybe, usually about two years usually, right? Yeah. We'd leave, average. then then it would, it, that would go bad, and she'd come back to Flint. And so we- we'd come back to mama. We'd get to grandma, yeah. Um, and we always, I mean, we move all the time. We, we never stayed in the same school district for more than two years at a time. We moved so many times elementary years that we can't even keep track of all the schools. I try to do my timeline of my life, and I can't do it. Well, thank God we had each other though, because we never could make like best friends, because right. we always had to. And even though we'd fight like a mug, <laughs> we had to always be boys. Cause we moved to another town, and we had no more friends. And we had to flex yeah. on these fools. What's um, the age
0: difference between you guys? Sixteen
2: months. Wow. Okay. Oh, man. So we're, we're you close. are really close. So we had eighteen years sharing the same bedroom. We never had the t- always same bedroom every every place we lived. And, and our, our baby brother, uh, when my mom married his dad. He's a sorry mug. And he had, we had, <laughs> how many bedrooms? We had a four bedroom house. And our baby brother was his real son. And me and our still shared a room. And there was a spare bedroom for his son who only came into summers. We were like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit, dude. You don't remember that? Dude. I do remember <laughs> that. Um, but uh, so we'd come back to Flinttown. And it was, it was a war because we weren't like, like Flint was. We ch- had to start over every time we moved back. Different school Different area We lived in like Every trailer park in the city um, We'd always leave In the middle of the night I never understood Why as a kid um, <laughs> Now as an adult I know Oh We didn't pay our rent <laughs> uh, She had to roll Before the power went off dude. It was winter time bro. Winter time in the city's tough dude You'd be like Fudcicles in there dude <laughs> But uh, So We're in Flinttown And what's crazy Even though we're in Flinttown For the first part of our life We're soft dude we were Mama's boys. Oh man, I used to call mom to the school because I get that beat down, and as soon as I <laughs> seen her walk in, dude, it was Niagara Falls, Frankie. <laughs> like, dang, Mom's here! Ah! <laughs> um, we were because we we, had, we were Mama's boys. So literally, we had no male figure in our life. We were, it was very much every sp- time a male figure was there, we were deathly scared of him. Huh. See, I, it was funny. I always wanted it so badly for the guy to be my dad. Like, I was I was kind of pathetic about it. Like, I'd ask my mom not to leave guys. Even though the guy might have been a terrible man. I'd be like, Mom, don't leave him. I I want to have a dad. Don't leave him. I love that beer breath. <laughs> oh. <But laughs> it's all coming out. But, uh, like, there's guys that were around that weren't husbands, but were boyfriends. The best one was Chano, dude. dude. He was a drunk, but he played Nintendo with us, man. He was so cool. <laughs> he, was, he played with us. He, he was said, the only cool dude. I yeah. was in Texas. Chano. As a gr- as, as a grown as a grown man, I'm in Texas, dude. I'm like twenty years old. I go to my heard of my grandma. Well here's the thing though. Chano was my my Aunt Arlene, her uh I don't want to say husband. They never got married, but they were together. They're together like forty years now. Um my uncle Jesse's brother was Chano. That's Jesse's brother? That's why Arlene was messing with you like that. No, it's Yeah, because Chano was down the street. We didn't even know. No, okay, so Chano comes over to this party I'm at. He comes in. He's already blasted. It's Christmas Eve. He comes over. He's blasted out of his mind. And he comes with his arm around me. He goes, everybody, everybody. I could have been this boy's dad. And he's talking all his trash. I'm like, who are you? Dude, too bad it wasn't as bad as when Arlene looked at me and goes, hey, your stepdaddy's here. And I was like, who? And I see this drunk mug. And I'm like, dang, dude. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's brutal, dude. I'm like, what you drinking? I'm underage, fool. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hook me up, Chano. So we grew up in, in Flint uh, our whole lives. And we're 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 soft, we're school's a nightmare for us. We go to school, just eating alive. I literally ran into a guy just the other day who knew me from Whittier, which is the middle school here. What? He's like, You used to go to school here. I'm like, Yeah, I did. He goes, You you were a thinner dude. I'm like, I was a thinner dude. Uh, he goes, but you were here. I'm like, you were yeah. like, yeah, that's back in the food stamp days for <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> But you uh, can't afford all that good meat, son. Um uh, but uh spam keeps you slam, fool. He goes, he goes I grew up, I grew up on spam. Well, look, and... look at you, you're skinny as a bug, Yeah, I bet you and Alex never felt so good. <laughs> but uh he literally said to me he goes, You used to always come and just sit in the back and hide your head, didn't you? I'm like, Dang man I'm like, That's true, but don't bring that crap up, dude. <laughs> hey, well, why don't you talk louder in front of my wife, fool? <laughs> but uh <gasps> that's so we grow up mm-hmm. and no male influence no no one's taking us in our wing to teach us anything like one of our stepdads literally he spent his years in our life just tormenting us like he was so bad that he took me and Ernesto to a cemetery one night, late night, and he had us get out. Of his truck. And then he's and then he took off. And left us there. Oh, and left us in the middle goodness. of the cemetery. And we're like holding other's hands. We're like. <laughs> and we're in, the, we're in the. All we see is it's like it was like Pee Wee's Big Adventure when when the prisoner dude took off and left Pee Wee in the desert. We just watched them taillights go. And we're like, oh, they're gone, dude. Oh. <laughs> he'd call us. He'd call us. He, Why? Because he, Cause he, he just, was sick, dude. He, just, like, with, he, he would literally. I was call. like, thanks, mom. <laughs> <yourself>. <laughs> he would literally call our name, and he was like a uh, drill sergeant at our home. He called our name to. Well, a yeah, beat. He, well, he was in Vietnam. Oh man, so he called our name. And, a, and, and, and when we, when we, when my mom married him, he, uh, he moved us to the UP because he got a job as a prison guard. He was a prison guard at one of them UP prisons, dude. Oh man, Back, that's when uh, when we were up there, they filmed part of Die Hard Two on the Air Force Base right by the prison. Here oh, so we got to watch the plane explode on Die Hard Two. Yep. But, oh, uh, that was man. like beginning love in movies He'd literally call our name We'd run up And he'd be like What? I'm like you called my name He goes I farted I just farted <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that crap? Oh. We'd be all excited I farted fool. I'm like dang I'm getting some attention finally Yes but uh, I'm like uh, Thanks dad <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so That's how we grew up Basically just uh, In and out of school districts Different towns Different men And not a one of them Wanted any kind of Part of our lives and so, because none of them were the real dad, so they didn't give a rip. And yeah, uh, yeah I guess just the way it is. But um, that's how, that's where we come from. That's and the thing is, we both started right around adolescence, really becoming like going from that soft little boy who loved their mom to getting real mean. Like, oh, we started we came, we became like bad scrappers. Like for you, I remember the day you snapped. Um, you you start run tracks and started, started getting your lungs strong because you were sickly for a long time. Well, that's because I was so tiny. Really? And I was Dude. so used to getting beat on and everything. And when I started running, uh, it, w- it was, okay, there's a bunch of bullies in my middle school. And we had gym class, and they, we did the mile run. And t- for some reason, I'm like, okay, i want to beat everybody today. And I, like, smoked everybody. And then the teacher was like, you need to go out for track. So I started running track and cross-country and stuff. Next thing you know, I'm, like, seeing muscles and stuff. I'm like, what? It was crazy. And then I started realizing that these fools, because we moved to Waterford by now, I'm like, man... Like, the first real fight I got into, I was like, dude, like, you, I, I got beat on so bad my whole life, I started getting punched in the face, and I'm like, that's hilarious, because that doesn't even hurt. And then, like, I just started knocking dudes down. Like, I got to a point where, like, <laughs> I, I, like, felt like I was bullied, and then I became a bully, like, really quick. And I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to calm this down. Because I, I didn't realize how much power I, I had. I taught Tony how to fight dirty, because he got beat up so much. I taught, I taught him how to be just a brutal, dirty I remember fighter. one time, my mom told Ernesto... Uh, he was at woodier and I was at Williams and she was like you gotta go pick up Tony um, because it's you know there's a lot of a lot of it's a lot of danger around here and if anything happens to him that's your a so Ernesto comes up to the school on the day I'm getting jumped by like this guy and his big brother and his buddies and they're all Ernesto's age and I remember Ernesto came around the corner I'm on the ground getting beat down and I literally had to pick myself up because Ernesto was beating all these guys up so bad. I had to tell him to stop beating them up. And Ernesto, I'm like, on the whole way home, I'm like bloody and stuff. And Ernesto's breathing heavy. And Ernesto's like, Why'd you stop me, man? And I'm like, Dude, I'm like, You're going to kill them fools. He goes, Well, you know what Mom was going to do to me? i like, Dang, oh So as soon as he see me getting beat down, he lost. I had to, I had to tell him to rain it back. Uh, but the time on Bruce Banner, but dang. But time <laughs> we, the reckoning is coming. <laughs> the time dude. we get to like, I get to high school and you get to red middle school. We are we're mean people. We're we're just we're, we're there's a violence and a, and for us it's almost you were beat down for so long. It, it, I watched heard Tyson talk about. How, as a fighter, he, as a boy, got picked, picked up in Brooklyn. Picked up all the time. And In an interview, with Brooklyn Tyson said, and he starts crying. He goes, and I said to and you know how his voice is, and I promised myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's that bad. Dude. It's hey. pretty bad, dude. My defense is impregnable. <laughs> 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 oh, he said, "He goes. He goes. I swore to myself i will never be afraid again." And I remember going, "That's exactly the feeling." Well, we went to say, "That's inner city, dude." That you, I don't want to ever feel powerless. I want to know I can hang. And so you almost overcompensate with with pride, with uh, with 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 violence, um, and. Um, you Tony, you were you learned to use your mouth as a weapon fast. When your muscles caught up to your mouth, you're you're a monster, dude. <laughs> that's all she wrote, son. <laughs> <laughs> you talk trash to somebody, get them mad to fight you, and you beat them up because they can't. You, it's it's just you're like those brothers from the USC, dude. The Diaz brothers, dude. They're the baddest, dude. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, they back it up, dude, with all that. Mouth. I know they do. Um, so that's kind of where our, our, where we came from. It's just it was rough, tough, mama by herself, and so and. Men would come and go But it was always the core of us Us two My other brother And our ma And uh, So in that In that whole thing that happened Essentially um, We were missing A big piece Like Of just a masculine Male thing We had a grandfather Who ended up leaving Because he Left our grandma That's what they do um, Cheated on her for years And just left And uh, So every male we had Kind of was gone um so we turned to movies like it's the weirdest thing in the world that for us movies became a language it became it was like the only time because we were wild boy i felt bad for my mom we were me and you were so wild but when a good movie would come on they're like there's no talking we were like so into the movie yeah we like study these movies and it was like uh, i remember watching um Double impact, and I'm just like they're brothers, you know. And like, and like we were watching, and we're all like, and we'd act out the scenes and like fake fighting in the other. backyard, dude. dude. We go back and do it in a. But the thing was, even at that young age, we memorized lines, memorized dialogue, um, and we and that became a language for us to speak. We speak in in movie uh, lingo, and that also gave us a code. We could say things to each other in, like in a movie context, and we would know. What's happening, no one else around us would. Like even, like, even to this day, like, if somebody like earlier, you, you said Taskmaster. First thing that popped in my head was Bassmaster of Ghostbusters 2. And yeah. he's like, I only know two shows. He was talking about Bankman's show and Bassmaster. He's like, Bassmaster, I know Bassmaster. So I was like, lost, and you guys were talking about Taskmaster. <laughs> but, uh, um, so we turn to film, and film becomes, uh, uh, it becomes a f- like we our podcast, our slogan is we we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. And it sounds weird, but for us, it's really true. Like, Tony, tell, I mean, we learned to shave watching movies. Lethal Weapon 3, um the scene oh, when Danny man. Glover, he had killed his son's friend who was a gangbanger. And it was there getting ready for the funeral. And the son's in front of the mirror and he's trying to shave. And Danny Glover comes in and he starts teaching him how do you got to go against the grain. You know, and he's like showing them how to do it, and I was just, like taking notes against the grain. Dang! <laughs> oh, but man, when, I just the... let those hairs grow, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, I can tell. But, uh, yeah, when you're Mexican, you, all you grow is the mustache, dude. Uh, <laughs> 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 you're that young, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that little... I had a full-blown mustache <laughs> at 12 years old. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was clip them out of my off my lip. So when I went swimming, they weren't in my mouth. <laughs> that's right, dude. That's right. <laughs> but. Uh, um, so I became a fan of story. Like, I um, man, it was just. And the thing is, we also because our mom had so much to carry. She had to provide for us. She had a she had to fight the world to protect us boys. Uh, we well, she was even uh, home improvement. Everything she, worked in the house. Built the deck. Replaced all the drywall we broke. Dude, Craig, Reynolds was rent- a crack house, dude. But uh, <laughs> we stinking um, we could watch whatever we wanted. So little and my grandma's. Oh, you're talking. HBO at eleven years old. Oh my god, dude! This sounds all too familiar. Eight years old, dude. Yeah, seven, eight. Watch when it came to HBO, it was it was Commando, it was thinking um, RoboCop, Terminator. I mean, all that was totally allowed. And these are movies I watch now because we'd be out of their hair. We could just go watch movies in the basement. Grandma had cable all in the crib, and that stuff got in deep. Like it, it was. Like it's still all in. We we were so wild when we were young. We we took pixie sticks and broke them up like cocaine lions From we watched the movie and we dared each other who's gonna sniff it first. And this mug had me sniff the pixie stick, and I was my nose was bleeding and everything. And I was like, <laughs> dang. Girl. I thought every kid did that, but apparently it's not every child does. No, (laughs) no, no. I remember my mom.
0: My mom used to watch those movies with me, and then she would be like, "Oh, that's just ketchup. That's not blood. That's just ketchup." And I'm like, you know, a five year old kid watching Terminator 2, and it's like,
2: "Oh man, dude!" But like, how about the scene in RoboCop when he blows his hand off, bro? That was like the rowdiest thing I've ever seen at that age, dude. I mean, I watched it as a grown man, and it still bothers me. Dude, and that now it's the dude from that 70s show and he's just like no 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 I'm like dang dude, oh! <laughs> but
0: why do you think that is why do you think movies are so powerful today and they really they've influenced your life like I mean not so much in my life but like I still talk in code with my friends with different movies and like it's almost like they're, it's the only language they know and that it's like we can
2: say things to each other and that nobody else really understands why do you think that is well I think for well for, for okay so um, I'm going to speak for you for a second, Tony. Like, You don't like to read. What? Um, <laughs> and how did you do in school? They made a book out of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> didn't like, to the school, that's what I did in school. I didn't have so many band classes I wouldn't have graduated. Okay, so, so store, movies... Okay, well, how do you say it? Like, Okay, lectures are boring. Um, Being taught things like... <laughs> Your mom went to college. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how do you say it? Like... <laughs> Story gets around all that stuff. Story gets around boring, gets around lecture. Get, it's not just someone telling something. A lot of it for me is visual. That's, it, it's, yeah. The sh- a story allows truth and emotions to get into you almost through the back door. Because you're not, you're, you're, you're going on it right, like, like it's like The Godfather, okay? When yeah. You film The Godfather, Michael Coyle he's a normal person. By the end, when he's he, a military man, yeah, and he comes home to the family, he's a citizen, he's World a,
0: War II hero. You
2: watch it, and you are him. You're like, this family's weird. Well, I follow not. him. Yeah, you're you're with him, and the you whole walk time. him in his journey. And by the time the movie ends, you want to be a gangster, dude. You, when he closed the door on his wife, and shuts her out, and lies to her face, you're like, you got to do it. And that's crazy <laughs> that it can bring you well, there. The thing is, though, when you grow up like we did, nobody taught us any better. We learn things from and movies. That movie, and that moves like, back. okay, that's the way it goes. And I, 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 it was almost subconsciously. I didn't say. Just like, like Jesus said to his mom, woman, what's that got to do with me? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, you're like, I guess alcohol follows, dude. But, uh, so we, it wasn't like uh, we thought about it or talked. We didn't realize as much later that this was getting in, that it was, that it was becoming our language. And think about art is art is going it's gonna move you. It's gonna push you. It's gonna have influence over your thoughts, and we just let it in because it was entertaining. It was well made. It um, made us laugh or made us scared or it, it pro- produced an emotion. Well, yeah, it's all it's all about the emotion that it inflicts on you, and you're like. You you feel you almost feel like these movies are real life, like yeah. some, something and that's for consistent. Us, we go into those stories; we're in so like we're maybe good or as, bad.
1: Maybe as an escape, like
2: big a, time. Yeah. Um, whether and, and like actually, because you, you live in, you're living in Flint, you live in the ghetto. You're poor. You have, well, you're on welfare, but the thing is, you're growing up with all your friends in the same state, and everyone's ghetto. Everybody, everyone's everybody's go- going through the same hardships. Everyone, if their dad's there, the dad's beating them every day. Like it, it, everyone's life sucks. And movies, sometimes the world in the movie, it's adventurous. There's there's chance for heroism. There's chance for standing up against, overcoming obstacles. And in, in the in the as a as a as an inner city kid, you can't overcome nothing. You go to school, and if you make it back alive, that's a great day. That's a great day. The school sucks. The neighborhood sucks. Home sucks. if There's a guy living there. In a movie, doesn't suck there. And so story becomes. A way to experience the world that's not broken. Even if you're going through, like, going through craziness at school, or you start you thinking about this awesome movie you just watched, so your brain takes you away from how horrible it is right now, thinking about this sweet movie I just watched the other day, and then you're like on the playground, but you find yourself by yourself going through these scenes, and then with me and you, we go through the scenes together, fighting each other, playing out the scenes that we just seen in this movie. And that was like, and it was like our escape was the adventure from the movie we just watched. Dude, I wouldn't so couldn't wait to watch another one. I literally walk around, like walk to and from school, and I there's a sound like in my mind. I'm living in a movie, and there's a soundtrack playing for yeah. the scene I'm in. And that's yeah, how yeah, we fell in love with music was from the movies. Exactly yeah. true. Uh, music became the soundtrack to our life uh, in a real, in a real way. Uh, it, just the mortal I know that Mortal Kombat soundtrack is playing over and over. <laughs> I still remember being on the
1: playground in like second grade and like getting a playing soccer and getting on a breakaway in the Indiana Jones theme song, man <laughs> I
2: yeah, got mine, it. dude it's going but uh.
0: Everything was a proton uh, blaster yep. from Ghostbusters. Anything that resembled a gun, just a proton blaster, dude. Don't cross the streams, dude. Don't cross, Don't the, cross the streams. The stream. I
1: tell that to my boys when they're going pee at the same time. <laughs> what? Don't
0: cross the streams.
1: Total plutonic reversal. Don't do it.
2: <laughs> it's a different world now too, because back in the '80s and '90s, when we're watching movies, there there weren't as many movies. Like nowadays, things are so easier it's easier yeah. to make film. So you have like I. Can't keep up with movies anymore. There's too many coming yeah. out. Yeah. I can't watch the Academy what's his job security for this podcast we do. <laughs> um,
0: but because there Dude, was... because
2: since I got Netflix I've watched every Danny Trejo movie there is, dude. I'm like, Holy "Dang, I didn't cow, know that they dude. had a sequel to this movie, dude." But uh sticking back in 80s and 90s, it was crazy. As if you're our age, if you're 36 years old, if you're born in 1980, if you're a, if you're basically a Gen Xer or early millennial, the a lot of us watch the same things. Yep. Single ladies by the way, I'm 35. I'm not quite as old as my brother over there. And he's <laughs> single. Uh, oh. <laughs> man, it's just happened Tuesday. Why got to bring that up, dude? Oh. oh man. <laughs> but uh um so I don't know how to say it's just story is a powerful thing. I think that that's one of the reasons like Jesus goes to story Jesus if you read the Bible and you read the gospels the gospels are the hardest to preach through for preachers mm. cuz like you go read the epistles they're yeah. just they're information. you read James yeah. you know be you know, do this and yeah. don't do that and don't be stupid you preach that you tell people stupid and call it a day jesus just tells these stories all the time and often doesn't tell you the point of them he leaves them open and to on the mount is probably the most important part of scripture in my mind. It, it, it's everything's right there but most people I know have no idea what he's talking about because it's so, it's all just story and imagery and moving through these um, metaphors. And he just walks, we new one walks through it. And I love that about him because that story, he's speaking, he's speaking to, he's not speaking to philosophers, he's not speaking to um, academics, he's speaking to the people. Right. And the people, what do they know? They know farming, they know shepherding. They know fishing. They know exactly And so he talks to them in their world With and That's why I have guys I know preachers that say You gotta be an expository preacher And you only go verse by verse to the scripture And you gotta break down the Greek and Hebrew And say what it means I'm like dude Our master didn't teach that way Mm-mm. Why are you telling me to do this thing that he didn't do He didn't bore his audience to tears He said the truth He confronted sin But he made sure they could get on if mm-hmm. they had ears they could hear. Um and if our ma- the master teacher his story is his go to device. I often tell illustrations. The illustrations are not the point, okay? Illustrations are well, that's to what It il- sucks you in.
0: Illustrations. If you're yeah, a good storyteller and you draw illustrations
2: you in. and people can can relate to what you're talking about, that's how you get them in there for the important parts. Right. And you the thing is you have to be a good storyteller. Illustrations illustrate. I have to know what Jesus is saying. Then ask the question: How do I get someone who's living in 20th century America? How do I help them understand this truth that was spoken to first century, well, whatever century Jews? Mm -hmm. You know, like how do I bridge this stinking gap? And how do I? And it's that's the hardest part for me being a speaker. Because this is called not your pastor's podcast, and you have a pastor on, so you're breaking yeah, no. the rules. I was like,
1: we should probably uh, yeah, let they, our listeners know that Nesto's a pastor. They got me on
2: too, though. They kind of uh, it kind well, of yeah. sets it. Can, it cancels each other out, so we, we're good. Yeah, yeah I we, don't know. We wanted to doing, balance it. Uh, you know? This is my brother sitting across from me. He he is what we call at our church. He's our barstool evangelist. <laughs> he. I <laughs> to drop that bomb, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he. Oh. Too bad I got another Mexican family coming on Sunday, boy. <laughs> too bad I just bought him a shot of eighteen. Honey, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, dude? You ain't lying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony here invites more people to church. And when I know, he goes with people, oh people, let them into his life, real people. People, I mean, we're in Flinttown. I mean, it's, this place we live in, it's, it's still very hopeless. Dude, I'll tell you what. I, I just started training again at a new uh, MMA gym here. It's in Flushing. It's not too far from here. But there's a guy that trains with me who sings for a very well-known band right here in Flint. Who I was, I'd spent 15 minutes with after practice. After we just got done beating the tar at each other, I started I tell him all about our Nestle story, tell him about the church right downtown. He knows exactly oh, where it's at. Dude! Yes. How insane would that be if he showed up? So I got his attention.
0: But that's the thing, though. But he's I, not going to
2: come to regular church. He's not going to come to He's ma- going to come if I tell him there's three felons playing in the praise band and there's real people there. There's homeless people sitting next to drug addicts, sitting next to teachers, sitting next to lawyers. He would, that's a sheriffs, like a mug. <laughs> oh How sweet is that? Snap, dude. But it's it, it, Flint Town. Like the, the Flint <laughs> Town is. It's there's a, there's a lot of hopelessness here because yeah. you, if you're in a city that there's there's no jobs, that you, their water is bad. Dude, um, it takes me four bottles of water to make Kool Aid, son. Dang, <laughs> <laughs> and I chose to move here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, like the thing is, we moved back to Flint, and we left. Mom was so mad when we, when I told her. This is a very interesting part of your story. This is insane because most everybody is can't wait to yeah, get out. Once they get out, they're out. I taught um, when I first came to Flint. I taught in schools. I used to teach taught in order to make some make, of the schools we went to. Yeah, I, I, well, no, most of mine had closed down. Um, well, you went to Potter. Potter's the only one though. The rest are all gone.
0: Oh, um, well, sobey has
2: gone too. sobey has gone. Whittier's gone. Williams is gone. Way gone. Um, but speaking, Too bad, that was the only pool in, in the neighborhood when we were growing up, was at Williams. It was awesome. It was like the hood, like a mug, but that was like an awesome swimming pool. But, <laughs> Man, um, I miss that swimming pool. I'd go to teach and I'd tell kids, you know, my name's this, and I, I just moved back. And so kids raise their hand, like, what do you mean you moved back? I'm like, well, I got out, I went to college, I did these things. And kids are like, why'd you come back? And these are kids that are in the city, they're at Southwestern, they're at Northwestern. They're like, why the crap would you come back this? Because in their mind, the dream is. Get out of here. I tell the kids that their goal in football is to be good enough to have a school like Grand Blank say, Come to our school and they carry yeah. you. Yeah, like, that's the, they, why
0: sports are so huge in the in an urban environment. Because yeah. it's a way out. Yeah. Like
2: Terry Crews was from Southwestern here in Flinttown. Terry Cruz Love Terry is the he's, he's the, the, he's wall, the man. Um, <laughs> His picture's on the wall, dude. the man. His picture's on the wall. It's up Western. It's Western. He's there right there. Just he looking. thinks you're talking about your house, dude. No,
1: <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. I was up. It's just funny because every school that I've ever been to. from white chicks when he's in a Speedo and on the beach.
0: Every school that I've ever been to, the guy that they have hanging up on the on the wall is some old white dude.
2: <laughs> and then in Flint, it's Terry Cruz. It's all you got, baby. That's the best, dude. Um, But, uh, like, so we have a lot of gang violence in the city of Flint. And the thing is, though, here's the thing. When we left Flint, we were on the edge of walking into that world. Well, here's the thing. We have – we come from, like, a Mexican family. We have family that are wrapped up in gangs. We have a lot of family that have done serious time in prison. And my mom told us straight up, we had some cousins that were trying to talk to Ernesto about getting into some serious gangs that were here because at, at, uh, we might have been – early teens but like you were a big dude i was strong strong. and when i was coming up if we would have stayed who knows what would have happened and my mom married this guy um they've actually been married and divorced and remarried they're still together to this day but she he worked at general motors and he was just like you guys are in the worst part of town we got to move out so he worked at GM Lake Orion, moved us to Waterford. We started going to Waterford schools as early teenagers. We would have never went to Waterford. Who knows what would have happened? It gave me a chance to do well in school. I, I went to college because of well, there. You you were always so smart. Like it was. But even though I was a smart, it was I get robbed all the time coming home from school. And when that's well, that's when they got rid of the um the buses. You started having to take MTA buses, city buses to school. It was awful, dude. It, w- it was a nightmare. you I mean, had that bus card. I was like, look at that picture, fool. Oh, <laughs> but uh, and um, so for uh, when you're a young man, you have no male role models. You're getting your head kicked in every day because you have no peoples. You got to find peoples, and the gangs give you that. Yeah, And have, they give you money too, and they give you uh, honestly Good give clothes. You, it gives you it's your, oh, it's almost like, an identity. It's hope, dude. Yeah. It's your own, so kids go to, home, and the thing is, you gotta be the toughest, the meanest, you gotta be the rowdiest. No one can front on you because you'll lose your reputation. And so these young kids are killing each other here in the city. I mean, I asked a lady, I was at a restaurant and those Mexican girls were serving on me. I'm like, where do all Mexicans go? When I was a kid, there were Mexicans everywhere. She goes, they're dead, they're in jail, and the, re- the mom's left, dude. I was like, dang. Man, man. that's rough. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, now Flint's black, white. Like, there's very few Latinos left in the city. Um, there was tons when we were here. Oh, dudes, watch the restaurants all over the place, dude. Um, but uh, Steakin, when there's no hope, when there's no there's no jobs, your schools are. like I'm not trying. Like, if you're a teacher and you teach, then you know that's great for you. Here in the inner city school districts, man, they are underfunded. They the, the student the, the teacher student ratio is out of control. Um, the teachers have no backup. Um, Most of the kids in Flint schools are only in Flint schools because they can't go somewhere else. Every other kid left Flint. They go to Grand Blank School District. They go to Davidson. If they got a grandma or a ma who'll get them out of here, they'll get out of here. The only kids left in the Flint School District, the, the kids have no ride out of the city. Yeah, they're the
1: lowest test scores in the United States. Right here, to the no low ribbon
2: schools here. No, there's no hope. That your schools are broken. Your neighborhoods are broken. You can't go get it. Like when I was when I was in Waterford, I was 14. We got a job doing dishes at a little restaurant. And we're talking about the other today. Yeah, but actually, me, Ernesto, and our baby brother all worked at the same restaurant. All those carry out, and it was a family-owned place. And this guy invested in our, our lives. Our boss was. It. He, oh, you a my, my first drum set came from a loaner, and took, and that guy, George, gave it to him for me to get my first drum set. So when I was old enough, I bought our baby brother his first electric guitar. That's just how we rolled, thanks to George. He, he was like the only, he was like a, one of the first real father figures we had. Legit, and you can't find, in the city, you're not going to find those. He was so awesome. He would let, literally let us take our time card and write a loan on and take it out from the register. Man. If we were man. broke, because we got paid biweekly. Some of those times I'd, I'd get paid and I'd be like, dang, I'm negative $20. Dang! <laughs> 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 but uh, Steakin, Waterford gave us all the opportunity we didn't have in the inner city. And so I come back to Flint. And we come back to Flint for this reason. And honestly, um, so I worked, I, worked in, I worked in, I got saved in a suburban church. A suburban white church. That's where I met Jesus. That's where I learned to do church, was in that suburban white environment. Went to Chicago, did a lot of ministry in a multicultural setting when I lived in Chicago, but the dream was go back to the suburbs, get a fat paycheck, and live the dream.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Babysit Christians, babysit, I mean, literally, like sometimes you're babysitting spoiled Christians, making sure they're happy and doing things, I mean, doing activities and events that literally just for either your people or their people down the street that are also still Christians we we'll gather all the Christians together, and we'll sing "Kumbaya," and and we'll I'll call it ministry. And uh, dang, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but that's heavy. So yeah, I tell you what, though, the crazy thing is, when Ernesto left and went to college and did his thing, I got mad at him because he left me in that household, and I was doing life by myself, and I and I didn't have any plans for college. So when he left and he was doing his thing in uh, in college, I moved to Detroit. And I started playing in heavy metal bands. Started playing. I mean, drugging, drinking, sex, whole nine. Like that. I mean, I I can't believe you were gone I for a while. It. You were gone, gone. Like like, st- like black. I'm ready for to bring you home. Blackout, drunk, up in the lawn, just leave you there. I remember you came to a wedding. I had gotten a. Uh, it was a house party the night before after our band played a show. I mean, if it, any any, our band was called Eat Your Heart Out. If that tells you what kind of band that was, and um. This huge fight broke out, and I remember picking a guy up over my head, and I was going to slam on his head on the kitchen floor. And one of his friends had hit me from the side and completely broke my leg in half. So the next morning, I woke up on the floor, and I stood up because of all the drugs I was on. I stood up and limped out of the house on a severely broken leg. I mean, I was standing up in a wedding there, and that's when his wife, brand-new wife, were at. And um, I remember I, I was limping in with a cane, and I'm like, I just get me to the wedding reception so I, could, I just have to drink and I'll, and I'll be fine. And you and Angie took me to the hospital. Mom met us there. And the doctors looked at at you guys and were like, what? This dude's on a broken leg and he's walking oh, in here. Man. Like, I was insane for a minute. And then then I found out later on that Ernesto was praying for God to break me. So I'd come back, back to him. And I'm like, you know, prayer works full on. Because <laughs> <laughs> three weeks before I broke my leg, I broke my hand. Oh but, my uh, gosh, speaking, dude! Um, all I have to say is, um, so you, when there's no hope, like so, we're the suburban church, and uh, I left that suburban world, and I was in, it was in the wind. I was kind of in the wind. It was actually a real, a real awful situation, um, and my wife and I were in the wind. We felt really hurt and felt really alone and betrayed, and uh, we um, didn't know what to do. Like we thought, are we going to be? Are we still going to be in the ministry? Should I just go get a job and make money? You were debating on being a truck driver because you have a Class B license. Yep. I'm like, should I just drive truck? And, just and I'm go. like, dude, I've been driving trucks for 10 years. Don't do it. All. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, we pray through it and decide we're going to stay. In, stay, in, stay, in, stay School's stay. for <laughs> fools. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to stay. Oh, my gosh, dude. Um, we're going to stay in ministry. And we start looking around. I go to Kalamazoo. I go to Amlai City. I go to places where there's... Ohio. Uh, I, I, not really for me, Ohio. Like I went to visit some friends, but I... I w I don't want to be in Michigan because I know that Michigan is a state that's kinda of hurting. Michigan's a state that people are leaving economically or recession hurt us a lot worse than a lot of other places in the nation. I'm mean, like, I want to stay in Michigan because no one no one fights for this state. So he drove around and and I drove around and everybody considered Flint. It wasn't even on the like I went to I went to Burton. I, I went I went to all these places, praying Bert-talk-y. about it. Kentucky? Burton. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife one day she's like, Why we're, we're walking around Flint why don't we just look at Flint I'm like babe you don't know what it's like in that city this city I swear i never go back to that city it almost broke me I never I never walked back at city after we left I just never came back because in my mind it was like a picture of everything that hurt us and wounded us it was like off limits emotionally for me so I took my wife to see where I grew up I took her to see like my old schools we drove around a whole day went out to eat here in the city it changed a lot in 20 years yeah the downtown yeah is, downtown's great I couldn't believe how nice the downtown is um Soggy Bottom brought me back, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving back, back to Waterford, and we're cars quiet, and Angie's just like, "We got to go to Flint, because we started talking to pastors, and every pastor we talked to, like, like had a church in the city. He didn't live in the city. Yeah. And I'm like, well, Who's fighting in here? Who's fighting for the people? Churches are leaving the city. Churches are clo- like, like, I'm, I'm trying to. F- not, I'm not saying there's, there's gospel being done here. People are fighting for Flint." But they're hard to find and they're dying. Like mm-hmm. they're just they're on their own out here. Yeah and a lot of discouraged people out here. And Angie and I, are like, you know, if we're gonna do this, let's do this for let's, let's, we're gonna give our life if we're gonna give our lives for something. We might as well get our head kicked in for it. Um we might as you know, we might as well go and do it. And so we sold our home and we moved to a city that was in the literally we moved here and we bought our house and two days later. The how the water crisis was finally admitted by the state, or by, by the state. Yeah. Like, yeah, for a while it was denied, denied, and we moved in, and the two then it was at the big press conference, like, yeah, it's, it, you don't drink the water. It's it's really bad. It's it's all true. Uh, for for our
1: listeners who don't know, Flint has some has a water problem.
2: We have lead in the water. We have, I mean, it's still not
0: fixed, too. Just want to
2: yeah. also put that out there. Yeah, we drink bottled water every yeah. day of our lives here. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, we moved here, and Tony said to me, he's like, I go, I'm, I told him straight up, he was like. Yeah, I'm starting a church and flip, And I was like, good luck with that, dude. Have fun. <laughs> I've had i, I, I had, uh, I've been driving trucks for 10 years. And probably about seven years ago, I crashed into a bridge. It was a scariest thing. With a thing. semi-truck. A semi-truck. <laughs> and it was the scariest thing that's ever happened in my life. Well, I ended up losing that job. That was the, my favorite job I've ever had. That wasn't at Irish Road, was it? No, no. Okay. That, that was in... Detroit, okay, and uh, the Mount Elliot Bridge. I was on the news for that one. But, um, <laughs> so, so here I am, working my butt off. I remember that. <laughs> It was crazy. So here I am, that years, was, that was years. you? Yes, that was me, dude. Was, dude, there was like a 1,000 calls in 911 in like 20 seconds. Was oh, insane. man. But thank God it wasn't nowadays, because everybody wouldn't text and I would have killed somebody. Uh. So here we are, years down the road. I finally get that job back. I got that job back. And you wanted it back which so long. Was, unreal that i got this job because they are so safety conscious thank god the safety director went to another company so (laughs) they forgot about it (laughs) so i get this job and i'm making the good money with the good benefits i'm getting ready to move back down to detroit i was playing in another heavy band i'm like dude i'm gonna move to hazel park or Ferndale, royal oak or something i'm gonna do my thing and this like i'm moving to flint because i in the midst of all this all that stuff happened with you yeah so then you finally just told me what was going on. I'm like, just like mom. I was like, man, you must be smoking, dude. You're moving back to Flint. I'm like, have fun with that. And I told you straight up, don't expect me to be coming down and playing drums for you every weekend. Ask him like once a month to come, he'd be annoyed with I'm, me. I'm like, don't even think I'm coming down there. And I'm telling you, the first service, the, f- the first couple weeks, first month, I'm like, holy smokes, there like there's something happening here. Like mm. this is, I mean, I'm seeing family that are like diehard Catholic coming. I'm seeing like. It's 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 so crazy. Guys coming off heroin. I'm just- I I put I don't even know why I put it, I put my two weeks notice in work, <laughs> and I and I made a I made like one phone call. That's it. One phone call. One phone call to a good friend of mine, Hayden Marlow. His dad, Chris Marlow, owns a company right here, and uh, I worked for him back in the day. And I called him and I said, Chris, uh, I think I want to commit to Ernesto's Church. I'm really feeling something. I just wanted to let you know. If you have anything opening, and he calls me back. because This was on a voicemail. He calls me back, and he goes, uh, Tony, uh, are you telling me that you're available? And I said, that depends. And he said, I put an ad on Craigslist three days ago. I need a guy right now. And if you want to be that guy, you got a job. And I'm like, okay. And I, I quit my job, came to work here. I, what, a month and a half in, I was being lazy about finding a place. Me and, I got off work uh, one day early. Me and Ernesto just drove around right uh, across from the YMCA downtown, we see a uh, sign for uh, apartments. Found this amazing apartment. It's so nice. Right dude. downtown, 12 foot ceilings, harbor floors, whole nine. Oh, half man. of what I would pay for anything where we come from. And it's like, it was like God put everything in a row. Boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, I'm here. I'm like two feet in. I haven't been this happy like ever. It's That's- insane. And I, and I took a big pay cut to come here. And like... But I'm way happier. Uh, Instead of being a number at a job, a truck number, I'm like a person. Love my work family. I mean. And they love you too, Just the way things lined up is just
1: unreal. That's kind of what's blowing my mind about hearing you guys' story because it sounds like awful. But you guys are like laughing about it. (laughs) Like cutting jokes. Like busting up. Well, here's the thing about and we're like, in Flint. Okay. It's a
2: miserable place. But can't you drink guys, water drinking a Kool-Aid with four bottles of water, yeah. can't even make ramen noodles. Aha! <laughs> there's there's
1: there's almost no reason to be happy. But this is like this is like the
2: happiest room right now. Like, well, the thing is is the, is that we see how bad it can be, and we want to change that for everybody. That there, are, there are kids That's we're awesome. meeting, dude, and they're in what we were in. And when you're in it, it's hard to have hope. When you're in it, it's all it, it feels like it's just closing it, and there's just just Well, there's kids at our church, man. They, they like. There's so many kids that come up to the drums after church. We just BS, and they call me Uncle Tony. I'll slip (laughs) them a dollar here and there, you know, just like, like the little kids. I look at. I'm like, this was us. We didn't have anybody really to talk to. Nobody or love on us. I, I mean, it's just the opportunities that the church gives us like we go and we do services at Genesee County Jail. We'll go in there with just me Ernesto and the worship leader Ricky and I'll play my little drum whatever. That was the first time I met you guys. Yes, it was. Dude, I'm telling you, it was the first time I started talking like really talking. Ernesto put me uh to do my put on uh, the spot too. Put me on a spot to do a testimony. <laughs> I'm talking trash cuz I got a bunch of tattoos all the, So right away these guys are relating to me. Yeah. They know we're not like like we walk in and they, what did they ask us? Um what was that gang? They asked us if we a part of. Yeah, um, what gang was that? Latin King? You guys, Latin Kings? We're like, no fool. We're here to <laughs> the St- church. In Flint city, son. Got, got three felons. Uh, uh, I'm the only one in the praise band that could be here because I'm not a felon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like opportunities that we have, like we wouldn't have because we come from where we come from. People can can uh, trust us, and they listen to what we have to say. We're not just somebody coming in here. With you know polo shirts on yeah. and like trying to tell them, well, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. Oh no, I've never been in your shoes, but I could tell you what the Bible says. I've been in them shoes. I was in them shoes two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like it's just a relatable thing because we're from the neighborhood and we live in the city. Like people that care, people that matters to people. We met that dude with the, all them tattoos. His eyebrows uh, or his eyelids, one eyelid said east and the other one said side. He knew exactly what house we grew up in.
0: Oh man, like, it's crazy
2: the things we see.
0: Oh, craziness. Hey, well, why don't we take a break real quick? We're going to have a quick commercial, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Red Rum Theater.
1: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. Hey guys, taking a little break here because we haven't really talked that much this episode.
0: Well, when you're amongst greats, Jason, you just shut up and listen.
1: Yeah, totally. Alex, normally at this point in our break, this is where we like to read our five-star reviews, but because of how we're recording this, there hasn't been any time like in between episodes for yeah. people to give five-star reviews. So I wanted to give people an update. We told people we'd give people an update on the... Nathan show. Yeah,
0: dude. Those powerful prayers, man. Yeah. Episode Not a thing to be trifled with.
1: 17. So Nathan, at the end of that episode, when we were done recording, prayed for us. He prayed for the pain. Like I had some back pain. You had some shoulder pain. Yep. Man, you got any updates for people on, well, on the
0: pain? So one of the things that he prayed for me is that not only would my shoulder pain be gone, but that I would have like a renewed spirit. And I can say this. My shoulder still hurts a little bit. It's not as bad as before, but it still it still hurts. But that prayer for a renewing of heart is definitely uh, taken a hold or taken hold, and I'm so so appreciative of of Nathan for just praying that because I needed that encouragement. So Nathan, thank you very much,
1: dude. I totally agree. Like, okay, so he prayed for my back because I've had some back pain. And my back wasn't hurting at the time. And so I'm, like, keeping a close eye on this. Is my back better, you know? Yeah. And no, it it hasn't. Like, I still get back pain off and on. But I tell you this, Alex. Like, I woke up in the middle of the night the other night, and my back hurt so bad. Yeah, man. I wanted to die, dude. Oh. It hurt so bad. And I, like, started praying for the pain to go away. <laughs> like, Nathan had prayed for us. And I, like... I don't know. There's something different about that prayer. And I kid you not, like my back pain was gone. Really? Dude. Wow. Immediately gone. Wow. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, I didn't pray like that before. Mr. Miyagi doesn't even work that fast. I know it. (laughs) I didn't pray like that before, but like that, like, I feel like since, since having him on, like my prayer life has greatly Improved and that might be the greatest miracle of all. Mm-hmm. But we've also gotten some feedback on that show. Yeah, uh, Fable Podcast. They tweeted us, they said, Really enjoyed the latest episode, guys. That gin story creeped me out. Don't mess with the gin, oh, man. Oh, those demon stories, man. <sighs> no. If you have not listened to episode 17, go back and listen. And then Eric from Not Your Mama's Christian podcast, our buddies down in Maryland. Yep. He said, uh, you know, the the intern, he he writes us and says, (laughs) (laughs) he says, awesome episode, boys. That dude is bold in his faith, makes me look at myself for sure. Good job. And that is coming from a pastor. And dude, he made me look at myself. Mm -hmm. And I know my dad, my dad's like, I listened to that episode twice. Like,
0: oh, wow.
1: That kid is bold. Those prayers are crazy. Those stories are crazy. So I just. I felt like we should give people a little update on episode 17. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to it or share it with a friend. Because I think those those stories need to be heard. And I hope they are like have a chance of being encouraging and uplifting as they have for myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, should we get back into it? Yeah, let's talk about some movies. To get ourselves a treat Let's all go to the lobby To get ourselves a treat
0: Alright, we're back with the Red Rum Theater Ernesto and Tony, Jason's here too You guys did not just do the Wayne's World We
2: did it, we did it, we, did it we did it Just completely um, just, uh, just no word spoken just go, dude, just go. <laughs> oh,
0: um anyway, so since I started listening to your guys's podcast, I started getting interested in other movie podcasts. And I started listening to them and it was, you know, a lot of them just talk about, you know, how ridiculous a script was and how it became like a cult classic or just interesting nerdy facts about all the actors and directors and even the the story. But your guys's podcast is different. And the reason why it's different is because you bring it to real life stories that happened in your life and how they related to the movie and how you guys basically learn stuff from movies.
1: Yeah, you guys, you guys look at movies and how they raised you from two
2: different vantage points. How it's they not raised-
0: just an entertaining story. Yeah. It's, it's something to be learned
2: and something yeah. to be used in life. And we're trying not to be like too sermonic about it like trying to we really look we look back into our youth and say well, how did this movie push I don't us? even know what sermonic means dog. <laughs> that's, remember, a, that's a you big remember word. Remember who your partner is <laughs> um like sermonic is that like the plague or something? <laughs> this sermonic plague. Is that a language spoken in the Inner City? Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a demon dude? Oh. Okay, I'm saying is like she's sermonic possessed dude. Oh. <laughs> What we're saying is, I mean, we don't watch a movie now and say, what well, can I, let's just kind of learn. What we always look at movies we watch a lot. Because movies, we watch a movie 5, 10, 20 times. Like, we watch it so many times. Because HBO, it just always replace. we just yeah. on watching the same movie. <laughs> and we'd say, how did this movie, how did it get into us? How did it get into our lives? What did it leave on us? What what fingerprint did it leave on our lives? Because these movies did leave fingerprints. And uh so we, we, I mean, Tony, I thought about pod, I, I thought about podcasts for years. I I love podcasts. I listen to it. Tony, you've been trying to get me into it because I drive trucks for a living and so you're on the road all the time. You listen to Talk Radio every day. I listen to Howard Stern every day, son. And you love it, don't you? Love it. Like, um, so I'm like, I I, I value the um the medium. I val like I think podcasting is one of the most intimate mediums out there. Well, you a, feel like you're there, like having the conversation with them. Yeah, like, I love yeah. it. I love it. I have podcasts I listen to every week of my life. Um. So I thought, we love movies. We so we watch movies, we love movies, but what can we do that's different than anyone else is doing? What could be the heart and soul of our thing? What what's worth us giving our time, investing our money? I thought, you know what? These movies were like apparent to us. Let's just talk about how these movies raised us, how they raised us right, and raised us wrong. And we started doing it and I had no idea how it would go. And it's been it's it just it's been going and it's, dude, it's been a blast. It's dude. been great It man. is so
1: fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I've never done anything on like when well, the first podcast I listened to back, I'm like, that don't sound like me, dude. That ain't me. And you're like, dude, you got to get used to it because you're you're a preacher, so you hear yourself on tape all the time. It's so weird to hear yourself. But uh so we we I mean we 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 didn't buy any new equipment. We just we just like found what we had, ghetto fire, made it work, mm-hmm. and uh had to learn on the fly. And we've been doing it every week, and um. Like we you know, we we, get, we always do little bits, you know, like the greatness test, or we'll go through our favorite scenes, our favorite lines of dialogue. But the heart of every podcast is how did this movie raise us wrong, raise us right? And um, so we're t- this week we're going to do record Commando. We're gonna, you know, Commando's coming out Sunday. Um, but uh, we're going to go ahead and go through our process right here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: okay. This is going to be great. So, you guys
2: are in for a treat. So usually when we do a podcast, we go through a lot of like story. We're not going to do any of that here. We're going to do the, We're going to we go the, through the, the cast, favorite characters, favorite scenes. Yeah, we're just going to do the Razors Wrong so make way, sure you check right. us out. So um, here's half of the podcast right here. How did Commando, Commando, how did this goofy 80s action movie? The best, kind
0: so of- goofy. <laughs>
2: how did it in any way leave fingerprints on our lives? Well, first off, how did it raise us right? Commando taught us the power of the one liner. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good one-liner. And I mean I'm not great at I I I thought was do bad puns just on purpose Because it's so awesome. Uh I remember the movie um what was it? Shot uh Simon Pegg um his fat friend um zombies. Oh no, I, uh, I should, I should, the police one. fuzz <laughs> their puns in that was amazing. Incredible, dude. Um but uh the one-liner is is epic and oh who gold and in this movie has probably five arnie gems dude <laughs> i lied <laughs> 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 no, we're sully I let him go. (laughs) (laughs) Just the worst one-liners, and the 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 very finale, dude. Let off some steam, Bennett. I mean, these are are great one-liners, and as a kid, dude, I mean, just learning to throw these out and learning how to just throw out cool like quips. It's it's awesome, dude. I have failed miserably at this, though. I remember one time I was in Chicago. And I was so in on this story, and then you told me the end. I'm like, "Oh, dude, I, I, I we were going through a family drama in our home at the time, and I, I come on a train from Waterford to Chicago. I'm, my inches are all tore up. I'm emotionally compromised. I, I mean, as a man, I don't want to cry, so I'm just, I'm pent up, and I'm walking with this big duffel bag on my shoulders, and I walk past a building. as a guy leaning on the wall behind me, and I'm like, "That's odd." I'm waiting for the. It's three in the morning. I'm waiting for the traffic crosswalk to go, even though there's no cars on the road. And a guy comes across the 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 the, the lane, and say, I realize I'm between two people. And the guy comes off the wall. I realize I'm getting stinking robbed. And instead of being afraid, I was. Pumped. You were welcoming it. You <laughs> I was like, you had I, the worst week. I'm like, I get. I'm, I literally was like, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. To avenge my feelings on these two poor civilians that well, you're <laughs> talking about, two, grown men, They're two that grown men rob people. And uh, so I feel one guy behind me, and, and the guy coming at me is the leader. You can tell the leader, he talks more, he's more confident. He's like, Hey, man, what's in the bag? I'm like, Nothing. He goes, How how, how, how you gonna look at it? I'm like, No, nah, man, this is my bag. And he, say, he says, <laughs> "Looks." He looks at uh, looks at me and he goes you know, there's two of us, right? Like, they basically give us the bag. And I think I try to be as cool as I can be. And I'm like, you know, there's two of me, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst. You're telling me this story. I'm like, dang. I mean, oh, man, I was trying to be tight. He looked at me like, you dumb mother (laughs) of scratch. I can't wait to take this bag. (laughs) Oh, but needs to say, they didn't get the bag. Oh, man. One guy went to the hospital, and I ended up in anger management at my Bible college for the next six months. Yeah, because security cameras tend to. Catch things. Well, no. I mean, oh, the, the school said if I had not, if I had not come back to the college after the event, bragging, bragging, and skipping <laughs> of a joy over putting him in the <laughs> hospital, I wouldn't have gotten ganked. <laughs> well, you it. know what, though, the one thing I couldn't understand is that who knows what they would have done to you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Thank God there was that big cement pot there that You smashed that dude into. In, in Chicago, <laughs> they put the trash cans and these concrete like things. It's like people can't gank them or cars can't blow them up. And, uh, the first guy came in, I put the bag down, first guy came in and it's a move I do all, I did all the time as kids. You used to smoke me with this move. You man. just, you just, just kind of let, as they're coming in strong, you grab what you can, grab the hand coming for you and just fall back, give him knees, whip em. and then you give him like you straighten all, up. So what it's all your weight and, and his momentum, and his counterweight. And I sh- try to shoot him over my, shoot him over, like, shoot him over me but the trash thing was right there. So I shot him. And it's in into the ground. Th- it's cement, not I moving. I shot him into a concrete thing. And it was like, hitting, I mean, he, just a lump of flesh, dude. And I roll over on a knee to fight the other guy. And the guy looked at his boy, looked at me, and just dude, left. Yeah, what was your next? <laughs> thing? No, no, you had one more line, though. No. Remember? You told me. You looked at him and said, how about you, man? You want my bag? <laughs> <laughs> and they left it. They were gone, dude. Well, no, actually, the best part was the dude that was still moving left his boy laying there. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> but no, no honor among thieves. So you got a good – did you have a, your first fight or uh, – No, it wasn't my – it was my first uh, – I used to be a, um MMA fighter. And um, I had a fight on Fox Sports, and they had me come down to the gym and, like, do some training, and they could, you know, videotape me or whatever. So they were uh, – they were doing the interview and they were asking me these questions and I started talking about how I played the drums and all this and I'm a fighter now but I you know love playing the drums and then they were they were asking me these questions and I remember I looked at him and I said man because he was asking me what what do you get more enjoyment out of playing drums or fighting. And I said, you know what, man, whether it's beaten skins or beating heads, it's all good to me. <laughs> and then he looked at me and he cut and he goes, that was gold, man. <laughs> So then my buddies made a Mexicutioner t-shirt on the back. That line was on the back of it, dude. Wait, your name was what? The Mexicutioner. Oh, dude. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I had t-shirts, bro. And I was the Mexicutioner years before Joey Beltran came out with that Mexicutioner. Oh, Buster my Douglas. God. Buster Douglas. So we, 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 we appreciate. We, we love the one-liner. The one-liner is an art form. And my my father-in-law, he is the worst one-liner guy in the world. Always punts. Always. But, you know, part of me's like, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one-liner. Now, how did Commando raise us wrong? Now, this is legit. This, this came out in 1986. Came to HBO in 87, which means I'm seven years old. I'm six. We're <laughs> watching the crap out of this movie. But we watch HBO in the basement all day, every day, my grandma's. No, we'll no, we, and we would also tape these movies and just have them right VHS. Yeah, oh, I, I used to do recording. that so yeah. much. Dude, you, you, you try to take, 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 tear off the old, like, sticker to put the new one and you just rip it and it's all gross. Janked <laughs> <But, laughs> out and you just take a black marker and just go over it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie, it desensitized us. To violence, <laughs> like we would, it was comical watching this. We the, had the our most favorite gory kills. Scenes we had our ever. favorite kills, dude. We got to a point where we'd see somebody that was like the worst villain ever, and then he would die like really fast, and we'd be like, "That's it! Oh man, this, you should have ran over his head with a jeep, man!" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like watching Commando. I mean, there's a, the, the, my favorite. I think my favorite kill scenes are in the shed. Oh, when he grabs man. the guy's arm, just chops it off. Or when he takes that saw blade and cuts the, the saw scalp- blade the stars the were incredible, dude. As a kid, you're just like, get him. You're just like, you're, just like, you're all in. And as a, I, 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 We're watching movies like this. Robocop, which is one of the most violent films of the decade. And we're eating it up, dude. Just eating it up. Toxic Avenger. And Dr. Avenger, if you've seen any trauma movies, you know these are gory, ultra-violent films. And we would watch them eating snacks and laughing. <laughs> like completely deadened to violence and human suffering. And you know what, this, you know what this, our generation produced? is torture porn because of it. Our generation wow. produced torture oh, porn because they were desensitized as kids, dude. Oh, that's a good point. The hostel, the that's saw. Poll, that's no, us. And so I had to literally take a break from movies to try to resensitize myself to knowing that like, Death and murder isn't good. Like, and that's been hard. Like, try to try to put that thing back in the box. Like, um, we were in India, my wife and I, and uh, there was a mob gonna jump us. And I said, yeah, I, I told Angie, Angie, well, you you gotta tell them why you were there. Though. Well, no nah, you, can't just, did, you did. can't just bust this uh, one. Out. Well, we were missionaries, and <laughs> they wanted us out of the area because they didn't want Christ in their in their region, and so. There, these Hindus are coming, out, coming out, around a car, and there had been a missionary killed a year before, a Lutheran patch with his two with boys. family, yeah. And uh, they, they put kerosene over his car and burned him alive, him oh, and his two man. boys. Oh, man. That was when you guys were getting ready to come right. out. So we're there, and I, I look at this crowd coming, maybe 15, 20 guys. And Angie, Angie, if you say the word, I will come out of this car, I'll kill everybody in this in this field. We got to understand what me and Ernesto look like really huge Indian dudes. Like these Indian dudes are like little dudes. They're small, dude. They're strong, <laughs> but they're small. Um, but the thing is, like, all the vines I've eaten as a boy, it, it's all in there. It's all still there. Like, every, look around. What's a weapon in this field? What can I grab? What, um, I'm going to rip off their arms and beat the other guys with them. Look <laughs> what's in your head, dude. Um, but – uh we were fed a diet of rated R 80s ultraviolence, and it really, like, that's why we would, like, it hurt as boys. We'd die laughing. I was sledding once. Oh, this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I, I went off the trail into a field. He tried to roll off the sled, but he turned himself sideways and went legs first into a tree trunk. Oh! oh. I wrapped it from the side I, I, I horseshoed it I, I hit it with my hip And wrapped my body around it, it came well, like you, Whatever helicopter. happened You broke something And I come off the, I, come, I come off like a helicopter Land on the ground I can't walk Like I am wrecked I look up And there's my brother And all my cousins Dying laughing Well that's because <laughs> When you're young like that You try to run off the pain so Ernie gets up and he's on one leg hopping like oh. So we're picturing Ernie out there and we're like ah. But uh, commando. <laughs> help. It was then then the joke was on us because we had to drag you on the sled all the way back home. Dude. <laughs> I couldn't walk, dude. When the when the snow away, I'm like, oh, I, I can't walk, guys. Uh, but uh, <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> they're, they're but uh, we're like, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh stinking. commando was was one of the big pieces to help just desensitize us to violence um and uh we had we had we had, we had to get back we had to get back um, yeah we had to chill for a minute to this day, I'll tell my wife. I have, I have a six-year-old little girl and a four-year-old boy. I'll tell my wife, I watched this when I was six, It she looks at me like, you're so stupid. Yeah. Our kids like, not... yeah, well, Jesus watched Boogie Nights when he was six, fool. So we ain't watching this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to your Gremlins episode, and two years ago, I bought that for my boys to watch. Jeez, not, old enough, and not old enough, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's PG, man. Did it scare the tar out of it? Oh, yeah. As soon as they turned? Nope.
2: Dude, we turn, I, got, the only I, thing got, I got. I got. Turd turd was was that movie watching off, it again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's what we do. We we look at a movie, no matter how silly, no matter how fun, whether no comedy, drama, action, horror. What did it leave on us? That's how Commando affected our lives. And we have a laugh. We examine our own lives, think about where we come from, Man. try to become better people. We do. We try to learn. It's not easy. It's not easy to change. Board Baby t- steps, as Bill Murray would say. Baby <laughs> steps, dude. <laughs> Baby steps <laughs> to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's who we always do. Red Rum Theater. We, we have uh, podcasts come out every Sunday. And uh, you find us at com. Yeah. I follow us on Twitter at uh, at Red Rum Theater. Again, spelled... Theatre T T-R-E <laughs> at the end. Or at Facebook, facebook.com slash Theater. Um, so guys, thanks for having us on your podcast. This was yeah, awesome, Yeah, man.
0: Um, I never laughed so hard. And yeah, I know. I, include, I know I said that for the Pastards episode, but I'm sorry, guys. Let's beat it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna include all
1: links in our show description to all those. Man, you guys need to go listen to. I mean, I, this this week I listened to four in a row. I was like binging, and I was man, I wanted some popcorn. I was like, this this might be better than the actual the movies themselves. Like. <laughs> I want so badly for you guys to have like a live event where you guys got, are talking about you guys it. got some mics and we, the movie's
2: playing and you guys are talking. We, we'll do a screening of the movie and then do yes, it. We have yes. we have set we have we have some big things down the pipe for the future, but right now um what we do once in a while, if you watch our Twitter, we do sometimes live movies where we, we uh, Twitter like live tw- a tweet a movie. We'll watch a movie just live tweet it. Just oh my with goodness! So that's, I did the raising Arizona. Try to do that once in a while, maybe every once a month, kind of thing. So yeah. the Twitter is real active that way. But um, in, our, in our heads, we want to do a live event, but we got to get there right now. Um, we already got to get up, the fan base. Yeah, and right now we're you we know, put money in. You guys know as, as beginning podcast. Yes. You put the money up yep. for it. You pay. We pay every episode. We. You know, we, we invest probably $5 an episode, you know, just to make it to get out there in the world. And eventually it's got to become self-sufficient. I mean, eventually it's got yeah. to be something. Um, so we're just doing our thing. And, and w- the thing is, we love it so much, we're glad to give it away. Um, we believe it's, it's, it's a... See, even, even when it seems like it's a chore, you listen to it, you know, like, because you know that it's released. You know, you're not the only one to listen. Like, we just did it, but when you listen to it, and you added the music into it, and you're just like, dang, this is sweet. I listened to the same one two or three times. Legit, dude. Yeah,
0: dude. For real. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please go listen to this podcast. Um,. Tombstone, some of the other movies they've done. They've done Tombstone, they've done Jaws, they've Princess done Bride, Princess Bride, all these great movies, and you know you grew up with them, and you know you probably have some of the same things you took away. So please go listen to this podcast. And again, guys, thank you so much for the laughs and just for an awesome, awesome episode. Can we get a dang Gina take us out? Dang Gina! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> Wow, Jason. I mean my my face is permanent permanently stuck in a smile.
1: Dude, after every interview we do, it starts with you saying, Wow, Jason, and me laughing because that's <laughs> the way we that's the way we end every single episode. But after I'm, every interview. I'm
0: blown away, dude. I know it. So good. I'm waiting for Steven Spielberg to give me a call and say, I want to buy the rights to those brothers' story. Oh like, my goodness, man. So incredible. And Their like, childhood. Yeah, dude. Like It's so it's so interesting to me because I grew up in Lapeer, which is white farm folk living in the woods. And I don't think I've ever been in a fight. I've never no. had to throw down and fight somebody. Nope. It was always just kind of like, your truck is bigger than my truck? Fairly thee well, whatever, bro. Your
1: John Deere Deer tractor's blue. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you guys fought over? There was a serious, like, I grew up in Montrose, man. Montrose, Michigan, kind of farmland. Yep. And the the biggest fight that took place at our school was the insult was your John Deere tractor isn't even green. It's blue. Boom. And this brawl ensued, man. The oh, whole man. lunchroom erupted. Gosh. But no, man, I grew up pretty rough too. I feel like I watched a lot of those same movies. Like Single Mom, she's working, your home, summertime, man. Your sister just got turned old enough to babysit you, yeah. And so you're just watching all these old movies, all these VHSs. I remember when we got HBO or it was Showtime or something like that, man. So I, yeah, I totally get it. You're watching the same movies over and over again because they only have so many on at a time. Watching Commando when I was way too mm-hmm. long, Predator. Uh, Bloodsport. Oh
0: man! They, like,
1: my brother and I watch those movies over and over and over. Gremlins, man, and I go back and watch them. Like these are actually kind of brutal. Yeah. And I, just like them, man. My kids are going to watch them until
0: they're like twenty-one out of the house. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, they're they're legit rated R movies. Yeah. But it was just so like it was awesome to hear their takes on them, and that's why I love their show so much. It like it takes you back to your childhood. But then you look at the movie in a new light, light when they like assess how it raised them, yeah. how dude. it raised them right, how it raised them wrong. And it's like, man, I want to hear this. I want to hear what it's – and then like I listen to their podcast, and now I hear their story, and it means so much more. It's like, man, in a lot of circumstances, especially from the male role model standpoint, that movie was all they had. That was yeah, it. Yeah,
0: dude. <sighs> Insane. But anyway, Jason – this episode was one of my favorites, and I again, I say this every yeah. stinking time.
1: You know what? I can almost do our episodes without you, like these endings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to copy and paste <laughs> so we can go to bed sooner because it's freaking late.
0: Yeah, dude. But anyway, we got some housekeeping stuff, Jason, don't we? Yeah.
1: you. We got a brand spanking new website. You worked
0: your butt off on that thing, and it looks
1: fabulous. Yeah. Guilty like pleasure, man. I wow. like doing that stuff. Yeah, Like, dude. it's tedious. It's just one of those things, man. We got like a million hits on our website, and it's all me. <laughs> <laughs> just fixing like, oh, forgot to put underlining. Oh, like that two, link doesn't more work. More like two
0: views, and it's our moms checking yeah, it out. <laughs> more or less. But
1: no, I'm trying to get some traffic there. So I've redesigned it. It looks uh, a bit more professional. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check it
0: out not your yep we have all super of our- long url but yes. it works <laughs> yeah
1: and i mean we got all of our episodes on there and all of our blog posts which i'm calling thoughts alex because it just such just a hipster thoughts. thing to do yeah you know that's go against the culture the heart of the hipster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just take a normal thing and you just put a little spin yeah and that's what that's what i'm doing man so those are our thoughts and, dude, you released a good one on Inauguration Day. Like, that morning, I read your blog, your thought, I mean, and <laughs> that's going to take some getting used to. Yeah. And it's going to catch on, and we'll be famous for it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody does Super it. Super arrogant, but yeah, yeah we're right. <laughs> no, I mean, you just gave me some good thoughts going into Inauguration Day because I was kind of depressed. I mean, that, uh day gt's not really in my wheelhouse (laughs) and uh no i mean just i knew that speech was gonna upset me before i even heard it but man you kind of put my head in the right spot and dude i'm thankful for that and that's the kind of like thoughts that i hope that we have but can encourage others and and you know brighten somebody up
0: i literally wrote that blog maybe in like you wrote that thought you mean oh yeah the thought in like 20 minutes and I That's a good twenty-minute thought. I, and I don't know how the heck that happened, and I was just thinking about. it. I was like, "Man, I am giving praise to a man that doesn't deserve it."
1: <laughs> a little shudder, but, but at the same time,
0: but at the same time, there is a whole mess of people, and me included, even in that, where our anger is wrongly placed as well. Yes, and it's both of those things: uh, ill praise and hateful, anger-filled hearts. Yep. will destroy you will destroy us yep so we want good thoughts happy yes. thoughts happy thoughts yeah
1: think At- of, think of your happy thoughts that's what that's what we're going to try to do our good thoughts and we're going to try to keep those
0: thoughts short into the point yeah
1: like you know
0: five six minute reads <laughs> anyway jason a
1: 20 minute read for alex
0: yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you're a slow reader i am a very slow reader but you know what else i read really slow our twitter I also read really slow on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing I do really well is look at pictures on Instagram, which we have all of those things, Jason. And I know I say this every episode, but seriously, if you followed us within the last couple of weeks, thank you so much for doing that. But we know there's probably lots of you out there in Internet world that have not liked our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter or follow us on Instagram. Please go like that stuff. That's how we mainly communicate with you, the listener. So go do that. Yeah, I mean, a hockey team in the
1: Middle East, the Muscat Timberwolves have more likes on their Facebook page than we do on ours, and that's just not right. No,
0: especially cuz we're a Christian nation, a Christian podcast. Oh, oh, I'm just kidding. Alex. We'll we'll take that. <laughs> Let's take that out. Bad joke. Anyway, guys, Make sure you go like Red Rum Theater. Listen to their episodes. You won't be disappointed.
1: Yep. Leave them five-star reviews on iTunes so more and more people can listen to them. And then leave us some five-star reviews for showing them to you, us, something. I'm tired,
0: Alex. We got to end this thing. (laughs) Let's end it. This plane's coming down. Yep. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And always remember... Always keep your stick on the ice. Boom!
2: Dang, Gina!